All right, gentlemen, are we? Uh, I'm ready to go. Ready to rock. Yeah, rock. Do we know how to do this anymore? No. Okay. Completely forgot. Mm. Wait. Then... Wait. I know. I know how we do this. Usually, I leave the room randomly because I forgot something, mm-hmm. and I need more water. So I'll be right back. I've been okay. I've been talking my out of my ass for the past like two and a half hours. So maybe instead of water, you need an enema. I don't have a response to that. <laughs> you don't have to. Just let that one sit. Just like an enema. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll make sure to include that. Welcome, Year's everybody. Intro. You fuck. Talking <laughs> over me. Welcome. You fuck. <laughs> I do. What's your point? Ah. Uh. God, hate it here. Absolutely hate it here. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Two Keys Take Podcast. New Year, same show. Your favorites, fellas. It is us. It is us. The guys, the fellas. We're here. We're back. 2023. We do need to put out gross. hockey broadcast merch very soon. No, 2023 is very gross. Yeah, why don't it? we have yeah hockey broadcast is the best thing ever. Bang, that's what I'm here for. It is. Um, 2023, right? Because you said gross. How how are you feeling about the new year? Uh, all of three days into it, have you adjusted to the fact that it's 2023? How yeah. was how was your holiday season, gentlemen? Let's let's kind of catch up here before we talk about the stuff people don't care about the ho- the actual hockey. How are you, yeah, Sid? Yeah. How yeah. are you? So I was sick on New Year's, so I didn't do anything. Happy but yeah, I had, I had the right to date for the first time. You know, the new twenty twenty three today, so that was exciting. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Once you're over thirty, you're like, yes, the the real excitement is remembering. The year and not having <laughs> to scribble out 2022 and actually writing 23 properly. Yeah, that's that's the excitement. Uh, and then I realized this is the year my license is going to expire. And that's <sighs> gross. I think my credit card, too. I got all kinds of shit expiring this year, so I'm going to have to do a lot of annoying adult stuff. Do you think they're going to let you renew it? I hope so. <laughs> I hate my picture. Because it was when I was in, 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 in deep in my alcoholism, I was super, super heavy. And I was probably, I think I was drunk in that picture too, at the DMV. Oof. That's how I, that's where I was in life. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. just, if just I don't had, have to get a new picture, fuck it, I won't. <laughs> I just had my picture renewed uh, in the past month. So I had my initial picture, I think it was from when I was 18. And I just now got it renewed. I, because for whatever reason, I was able to update it, but keep the same picture. And I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't want to take a new picture. So I'm at the DMV. I am too tall for the machine. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I'm not even like, I can't. You're I'm not like even 16. that tall. You're like six, two. Yeah. yeah. Like, but I was too tall for the machine. So my picture is very awkward. Because it's just me like squatting to be in frame. And I'm half smiling. Because my fiance is laughing at me as I'm half squatting to make this picture work. <laughs> apparently, so I hope uh, to never change my picture personally. <laughs> apparently, the heights are still programmed to the fucking colonial days. 
apparently the DMV <laughs> existed even then. That's why the revolution happened. Oh, <laughs> it was because of the fucking DMV. Oh, we'll man. Love back. George Washington, four foot two. <laughs> Bond, Napoleon Bonaparte was the tallest man alive during that age. Jesus. He was. He was. Uh, don't get me started on that because I will go into how the French inch was actually longer than the English inch. And so that's why it was perceived that he was actually shorter. And it's still that way, let <laughs> me tell you. No, they use magic. I now, had that they? on They're my Tinder profile four or five years ago, and damn it, it was true then, <laughs> and it's true now. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It's like a historical thing. Like, I don't know if that's just the French. Tri- I don't know why they want to save face about Napoleon, but <laughs> yeah, apparently he was actually, you know, average height to on the taller side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just like, hey, I'm a fucking short man. Yeah. He sucked. Yeah, and thus yeah. began the long tradition of men lying about inches. <laughs> See you next week, everybody. Stop outing me. Jesus. Oh, God. Speaking of lying about history, before, uh, Endo, I throw it to you for your holidays, I I took a week and a half off of just everything. Podcast, streaming, making videos. It was fucking lovely. Um, You know, had Christmas here. That was great. Posted on Twitter. Got the... uh, the little the little Finnish language book that I'm still studying up on. One of these days, Alice. Sin and I will find a way to do a sports gamer broadcast with some Finnish. Maybe all of it. That's the that's the real goal. Find God, a way that's tough. to do a, it'd be impossible. <laughs> I know how to say goal. That's about it. It'd be embarrassing. <laughs> um but yeah, then we went to my uh we went to my parents and it's like cool. I didn't even like I I didn't touch a game console in days. It was awesome. Um, mainly because I went to uh, my parents. Uh, there's a bookstore throughout Maine, a chain called Sherman's. And I went there and I'm like, man, I'm going to get me a book. And I did. So I literally spent my vacation reading. It was awesome. Nerd. I got this book. I got I got him right here. I got him right here. This is Toogie's book talk. Damn it. Book talk. Uh, there's this book called Odd Man In, which I do recommend, which right. talks about uh, the history of hockey's e-bugs, uh, which mm. we'll talk about the Winter Classic. There was almost an e-bug situation. Oh, my God. Classic, which would have been incredible. Oh, my did God. the Winter Classic happen? It did. <laughs> it's marketed <laughs> so poorly. I never know. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about whether Who or not it's played? lost its magic. Uh, Boston <laughs> and Pittsburgh. Oh, that's right. It was Fenway Boston. Park. At Fenway. How, how, how quaint. How quaint. <laughs> the second time, no less. Um, and I also got this lovely book that I highly recommend everyone called Lies My Teachers Told Me uh, that. that talks about how fucked up our history is from the, uh, you know, American from the, yeah. the Eurocentric American view, uh, which, of course, includes Napoleon not being a short, short man and being advertised. So there you go. It's how I tie it all together with uh, with my time off. Endo, you're a Christmas, your new year. How you been? I've been good. Uh, my biggest highlight is getting a George Foreman from my parents for uh, Christmas. Fair. So I can make a burger and make food like just at my desk now, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's just made your fucking yeah. life so much easier for it's these podcasts. It's made it so much easier. I can just go. You don't have to leave the room to cook. That's good. I at can, least we can start can the show. S- <laughs> I can sizzle a steak mid podcast. You just like. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just love that idea that like we're in the middle of the show and you just start frying up a steak on a fork. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna hear the sizzle. That's yeah, hold on real quick. Shit is that? Holy hell! It's oh. amazing. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're, they're familiar with my antics with like at like basically putting up the polls in Tuki's chat for like what I'm gonna eat and all that mm. and all that stuff. Yeah, but it, besides that, it was good. Um, I actually have to deal with a possible theft. Yeah. So Ooh. what happened? What had happened was what happened? Uh, my parents uh, dropped off a gift from one of my relatives because I wasn't like around. Mm -hmm. Um, and then within the span of fifteen minutes, when they dropped off at the front of my lobby, like the front foyer, it was taken by someone. Ooh. So nope. someone jacked my my present that I was supposed to get, and Oof. like I already knew what was in it, and it was like a whole bunch of like. It was like toiletries. It was like razors, shaving stuff, like body wash. It was like a bottle of like vodka, like two bottles of vodka in there. Like it was, it was a nice, it was nice, like it's nice gift, very nice gift from my uncle. And then like someone took it and like now it's like, hey, if you saw this bag, like, can you bring it back to like my, we have like posting up and all that. So like, that's the, the drama I had to deal with on Christmas. It's fucking great. I mean. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. But you know that what? I got whipped cream, baby. It's all I. I got a hot chocolate. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. That's good. I had a good Christmas too. I realized I didn't talk about that. I spent a lot of time with my cousins and aunts and uncles and yeah. cousins. They're little 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 kids, little toddlers, which are adorable until they have mm. a meltdown. Oh man, that's little dude. children. No, it's less adorable, but then they're cute <laughs> afterwards. Still, yeah. <laughs> I got to have uh, a. My parents, you know, two story house. I got to have a house wide Nerf war oh, uh, with, so my, with my nine year old nephew and uh, my that's 10 year old good, niece. That's, oh, that's such a perfect age, too. Yeah, it was so fun. Like the idea of like they were hiding in a bedroom and you just reach in the door and flick on the light and then walk in like. Yeah, you got to pie off those corners, though, man. I, I yeah, full just tactic. check in. Yeah, no, Double I check. was too. <laughs> and then. Uh, my sister came and picked them up, and then me, my my fiance, and my parents had our own Nerf war. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> because once you know, once the kids get their time in the sun, the adults are like, "Oh yeah, yeah. no, these boys are really for us." <laughs> um, got and I had gone to a store the day or so afterwards, and I was walking through the toy aisle, and man, it would have been the best thirty dollar purchase I had ever made, and I should have. There is. Like a Gatlin gun nerf. Oh, yeah. Toy. Yeah. Oh my and God. I so badly wanted to get it and just walk in the house and just light them up. Yeah. <laughs> so dude, there's, oh, there's, man. Hellfire the nerf guns have gone nuts, man. Like, there's actually oh, yeah. clips. I don't know if they have the clips anymore. Yeah, they have clips. They do, do they? Okay. I, I thought and they, they have, have like, yeah, they have those. one now where it's like, it, it shoots like fucking gel beads instead. Yep. It's insane. Yep, it, it just give them bullets at this point. Like honestly, it, it, we're getting there. I love we're getting Nerf there. guns, but like baby's yeah. first airsoft, basically. <laughs> That's oh, pretty man. much what it is. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, when I was in army cadets for a bit. Um, one guy had like a he had like a whole like thing of Nerf stuff, and he just like painted it all like black and all that. It still had, like the orange tip on the front, so we didn't fucking pull up and get shot in an army <laughs> base. And so yeah. then one day we're just coming back. We're just like going back to our barracks, just chilling. And then he comes out of nowhere, like it's the middle of the night. He comes, he's like, I'm going to catch you. Just starts shooting off like at least like a thousand of these. Like a thousand just in the fucking room. Nice. As you do. Oh man. It As was great. You do. 
yeah, I um, I can't I can't recommend Nerf War enough. It's, it's God, great. it's fun. It's a good time. So glad to hear we all uh, you know all had a good time. And yeah, 2023 is here, and excited to see what you know this year has in store for this show. Is uh, you know we got a good you know yeah we got a good 15 minutes in there, and then it goes downhill because we got to talk about hockey. Oh. Uh, Although we do have a decent amount to talk about today, which I am relatively excited for. Before we get into that, though, as always, we're talking about some New Year's resolutions. Speaking of, actually, do you guys, do you guys go down that path of New Year resolutions at all? Or are you just like, no, I'm going to make general improvements. I'm not going to. I thought this is, I thought it was going to go somewhere I, else. I, honestly, like, I make what? resolutions throughout the year. Um, right? I am. I'm always trying to grow and and stuff like that so <laughs> yeah, why why have it just set to like oh it's january let me put all the pressure on this for no reason whatsoever you know fuck you it's january <laughs> i hate myself because it's january now let me think about everything i need to improve there you go well, just just not a fan just work on yourself throughout the year like sin mentioned that's the way to go yeah, set mini goals do. and do the thing. What do the youth call it now? Um, uh, fuck. It's like you tell yourself like, oh, I can do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to have that. Uh, not materialize, but like it's another word for it. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> fuck. I know what you're talking about. You can't remember the word. Yeah, I'm going to let you flounder. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. Hold on. Uh, manifesting. Oh, my there God. So I was you doing this, pro- uh, speaking of manifesting, I was doing a program and like for the past like six months and like they were t- basically like and like really being like, yeah, you got to manifest your dreams. And I'm sitting here. I'm like, bro, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like I get like, you know, being wanted to reach a goal, but it's like if you tell yourself you're going to like do it, you can do it. I'm like, yeah, I am going to eat that double Big Mac and not have fucking <laughs> kidney failure in two years. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, I am a strong, independent nutsack. <laughs> Don't need no balls. <laughs> That's a reference for very few of you, but for those of you who do recognize it, you're welcome. <laughs> Speaking of manifesting self-improvements, as I totally derailed my other segue, as always, we want to mention that this podcast is brought to you by our lovely friends at Manscaped.com. And what better time now? to take care of yourself in the grooming department to better yourself in a general sense than with Manscaped by going to manscaped.com by using code Tugi, T-O-U-G-I-E at checkout for 20% off your order and free shipping. Manscaped, the best tools for the job, the fine, fine, circular, cylindrical deodorant still there. Still the and the body one. spray. I've moved on to the body spray. I have used up all of my cylindrical deodorant. No, I did not eat it. Leave me alone. Kotugi at manscaped.com, everybody. We thank them for still sponsoring the show, heading into this new year. And we thank all of you. And uh, hey, thank yourself if you have been one of the many to indulge in using Kotugi at checkout. With that, gentlemen, the first batch of viewer questions for the new year and of course as always the link to the discords in the description to be able to get your questions in like these fine fine people did let's start off with garber and sin san jose sharks take yeah, center apparently. stage didn't even know kick. this 
things off. Garber asked, with the news that defenseman Ryan Merkley is available via trade, what team is the best fit in your eyes? So, indeed, it was Frank Saravalli earlier today. Uh, sources say the Sharks have made 2018 first-round pick defender Ryan Merkley available. Merkley recently requested a trade, and the Sharks are trying to accommodate. Merkley, 22, has played 39 NHL games and still has waiver eligibility. Rough. Not happy about that. Now, he was someone, you know, kind of had the reputation of maybe being immature, whatever, you know, heading into the drafts. Um, but, you know, it, it looked like he was finally starting to kind of break through, you know, the 39 yeah. career games. And, yeah, now it's it's just not going to happen. He wants to move on. And, I mean, in terms of the, the proper landing spot, who's to say? I mean, you know, he was highly touted as a – very offensive defenseman. Can you fix the defensive side of things? And with players like that, sometimes you end up being Eric Carlson and sometimes you end up being, you know, someone like TJ Brennan, very respectable, like AHL level career, but the lack of defense kind of holds you back from being an impact player at the NHL level. So uh, I don't necessarily have a great landing spot, but yeah, Sin, I guess the optics for you as a Sharks fan, you know, it sucks. Four years removed from drafting the guy 18th overall. Uh, 21st overall, excuse me. Um, yeah. Early. You know, we always early for kind of go back. Sorry for cutting you off, but no, I was say, we always, we always kind of go back and look at the draft. The pick after Ryan Merkley, the New York Rangers picked up Keandre Miller. Um, you know, if we still look at defensemen, the Ottawa Senators picked up Jacob Bernard Docker, uh, Nick Bedan for the. Uh, Chicago hockey team, the Rangers ended up with Nils Lundqvist. The Leafs, 29th, ended up with Rasmus Sandin. So, yeah, you know, some hits, rough. some misses in regards to the 2018 draft already. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate, isn't it? They went the full skill route. And, honestly, I think it's – I don't know. I think they're not using him because they already have Eric Carlson. Um but in my opinion, you don't give up on a defenseman at 22. But if he wants a trade, it just sucks because his value is not going to be great right now. No, I mean, unless they pull off the, you know, the miracle of like what the Rangers pulled off with Nils Lundqvist to get a first round pick back. Yeah, like that's the only return that would satisfy me because this just just it's uh, it's really giving a uh, Merkel Mueller vibes at this point. Yeah, they've had some uh, some rough luck over the past yeah, decade. Yeah, and again, so. I I I, th- I feel like they've done a pretty decent job of trying to bring him up slowly. And I think I still think that twenty two is too early for a younger defenseman. Uh, in my you know they all develop slowly. Remember how many people like were trying to call Darlene a fucking bust? Mm. You know, sure. Rasmus Darlene's now what twenty two, twenty three? How the fuck old yeah, is Rasmus? Same Darlene? age, same draft. Exactly. Like, and yep. this is the point where they're gonna start breaking out. Um, but yeah, the sharks are in such a weird spot that you're not going to use an OFD guy in the bottom six. You have Eric Carlson. It sucks though. Like (laughs) it really sucks. I mean, you would think for the sharks, like it's exactly what they would want. You know, you want that type of defender in your system, especially if they were, (laughs) You know, if they were to actually be exploring a Carlson trade, 
you want Ryan Merkley there to try and mold him into being the replacement. Yes. Not saying it's a direct one to one, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they should have been playing him in the NHL pretty much all year this year. Like what the fuck? Why not? Like mm. there's no reason to. Tr- I don't know. They're like, oh, we want to be a tough team to play against. We want to shift the culture. Blah 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 blah. And they wanted to keep all the younger guys in the AHL to build that new sort of culture. But Merkley was in the unfortunate spot where he was just kind of like in between. You know, he's kind of on, he's not quite the NHLer, and he's not probably a, wants to move on from the AHL. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. If yeah. you want a spot in the point, NHL, uh, Arizona, have fun. Maybe you can be the Shane Goss bear replacement yeah. when they trade him at the deadline. At this point, until he want, until we complete a trade, put him in the NHL, put him in the lineup. Like boost his mm-hmm. at least try to boost his value or give him or show that you know for and and, and I think that would improve it. Um, it would be good for both parties. For one, he's going to be able to prove what he could do on an NHL team. He'll be hyped up to do that. He'll try to play the right way and he'll try to have an impact. That's great for both parties. I think that's what right. the Sharks need to do at this point. Is okay, put him in the fucking lineup. I don't care who comes out. You have a bunch of plugs. Like <laughs> we're not we're yeah. not winning put them in there's nothing to lose and there is still time you know just because someone requests a trade doesn't mean it's necessarily going to happen um yeah. sharks are going to get a return as best as they can and not just throw them away talking about the winter classic there's a player uh yesterday sin wouldn't be aware of this uh <laughs> but you know there's a player yesterday who had a very good performance who once famously requested a trade not all that long ago want to get to question number two though from a broken wheelchair for his development, who would be the best team for Connor Bedard to go to and the worst team for him to go to? So, this will kind of be our world junior discussion. Um, the tournament in general is down to the final four. Chechia plays Sweden. The United States will play Canada uh, in the semifinals. But this entire tournament has essentially been the Connor Bedard show. Uh, he has set the Canadian point record and goal record. In a single tournament, um, yeah, despite the fact that Slovakia's goalie stopped 53 of 57 shots uh, against Canada last night to nearly steal that game in overtime, uh, it has absolutely been the Connor Bedard show. And, you know, we're going to talk about it here in a minute, kind of looking at the standings and where certain teams are, because he is single-handedly altering the course for how certain teams, I believe, will approach the rest of this season. Because that is the type of player where if you are on the fringe, you you, you risk it in the draft lottery. And I think there are a lot more teams now that will look to probably risk it in the draft lottery. He has 21 points in five games. Yeah. It's absolutely absurd. The next highest score. Any guesses, gentlemen? Probably. It's like 12 it's points. Like, <laughs> like eight points or something like that. Yeah, a little bit in between. 11 points in five games for the USA's Logan Cooley. <laughs> he has Why 10 more name? points than the second place guy. It's ridiculous. There's only three players as well who have double digits. It's Bedard, Cooley, and uh, Jimmy Snuggerud. Ah, yeah, Pittsburgh, damn. Uh, Cooley uh, with the Yotes and uh, Snuggerud with the St. Louis Blues. Oh. 
Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Look foolish, Sin, for the yeah. first time. I, I know I literally <laughs> looked it up and I saw Pittsburgh Penguins, but I must have looked at the wrong thing. The Winter Classic. <laughs> As we all know. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so in terms of, hey, where Bedard could go in terms of his development, um, <sighs> apparently not the New York Rangers yeah. who scratched Alexi Lafreniere before their game on December 29th. Um, yeah, any, any thoughts on that, by the way, given that we've talked about Lafreniere's development quite a bit and uh yeah to see him scratch like inherently maybe not like the worst idea it's not unheard of but at the same time when there's already questions about you know your usage of this first overall pick uh yeah yep. I, I would disqualify the rangers in terms of developing prospects yeah yeah they uh right. they really suck at it apparently keandre's been great but <laughs> He's one of the two. <laughs> yeah. Like Capo Caco is still like where what what's he gonna end up as? He just has so many question marks. And yeah, Lafreniere is just really haven't seen, you know, the potential even come close. Like mm. really haven't seen any of it shine through at the NHL level. So yeah, we'll we'll disqualify the Rangers, uh disqualify the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. Uh and the the best answer is uh the San Jose Sharks. I, I refuse to give up on this. I want the guard on the Sharks for your sake, or I want him on the Coyotes to watch the world burn. I want him on the Sharks because obviously, uh, but there's like so no way that he's going to go to the Sharks, the Ducks, or Arizona. There's no way the league is going to let that happen. He's going to go to fucking Chicago. Like, yeah, I'm that makes almost sense. willing to bet my fucking life on that. That he's going to go to Chicago. I mean, Chicago was like 12th in the league. They still got the third overall pick. Mm. Like, they I can they see get it. just insane stuff. And then they, they throw it away. They traded away to and then they traded away the other dude. And Kirby they Duck. seem to be actively tanking for him. So, oh, oh they yeah. are. They are. I would, I would very much, Duck. very much see tanking. that franchise get rewarded after everything that they've fucking done and still having Rocky words as part of that organization, but they're likely going to, and then that's going to be the new narrative. No one's going to care about everything bullshit that's happening with that Chicago organization. And it's just going to, I guarantee you, this is the way they're going to smother all the bad PR and the league is like, we can't have an original six franchise looking this bad. Here's Connor Bedard. And there's the narrative. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I can't I can't disagree with that. I simply can't. It's it's just far too on point, and yeah, it certainly would help. Kind of, you know, prove that hey, Chicago, we're moving on to a new era. We're yep. not going to talk about the past. That was a quote less than a year ago. Rocky words. So. <laughs> we're here to talk about the now. Connor Bedard. He just you know, Rocky. We're here to talk about the now. He just he said it about a year early. You know, a year earlier than he meant to. Um, Chicago, by the way, uh, tank master generals, one win in their last 10. They at one point lost like 13 of their last 15. Uh, they are currently dead last in the league. The only team with a winning percentage under 8.3. So there you go. I think Sin nailed it. Coming soon to a Chicago hockey team near you. Honor Bedard. Unfortunate. Our last question comes from Hawks, which will kind of switch us over into actually talking about the standings, too. 
Uh, which team in the middle of the pack, record-wise, in the NHL can you see making a run for the Stanley Cup playoffs? So I wanted to look at the standings and kind of play go for it or sell in relation to Connor Bedard, essentially. Yeah. You know, in the Eastern Conference, you have three bottom feeders where it's fairly obvious you're not going to make it. Uh, that is Columbus due to their <laughs> litany of injuries, Montreal by design, and Philadelphia not by design, but everyone knew for the most part that team probably wasn't going to be pretty good. Um, but you have Rasmus Ristolainen forever and ever, amen. So that's good. Then there's this second category. Is their roster good enough to compete? And that brings us to Ottawa, who are currently seven points out. And then Buffalo and Detroit, who are both six points out. The question of whether or not any of those three should go for it, or, you know, maybe sell a little bit to try and get in that Bedard sweepstakes. Uh, if I'm all three of them, I play I play the lottery. You know, I think Ottawa took steps forward with uh, with Debrinkit, with Claude Giroux. Buffalo has obviously really had it work out incredibly well with the Jack Eichel trade and Darlene's emergence and Tage Thompson and Detroit. And we'll talk about them a little bit more in depth later because of news today. Uh, but Detroit had that very, very big offseason, bringing in, you know, per, what, Perron and Cop and everybody. It felt like Ben Sherratt for some reason, even. Let's bring in everybody. If I'm, you know, if I'm a fan of any of those three teams, for me, it's, yeah, let's just, let's just play the lottery. And, man, if you get a Bedard, I mean, Jesus, you had uh, New Jersey win the lottery from 13th. So who's to say, you know? But that leaves one more team. And that's Florida. The Panthers are eight team or eight points out of the second wild card spot right now. However, they have to go for it. They have spent way too many assets. They have no first round picks in the next three drafts, as we <laughs> talked about. They have to go for it. So really in the East, you're you're talking about, I'd say, kind of that trio of Ottawa, Buffalo, Detroit. Bro, as I to can't whether believe or not they'll add Ottawa's to ahead of Florida right now. Holy yeah. shit. Yep. Florida is so fucked. They fucked up big time. They I I I fucking I told they overreacted. I told you they overreacted. They're like, oh my god, we need grit. Let's trade for the biggest grit in the world and give up two crazy pieces. Mm. It's a rough scene. So like I said, for any of those teams, Ottawa, Buffalo, Detroit, could I see them making a run? Yes. I don't think they should. The West, outside the playoffs, you have your bottom feeders, Chicago, Anaheim, San Jose, Arizona. Very clear they're not going to make the playoffs. That's not even a question of whether or not they should add. There's one team in that conversation of are they good enough? <laughs> Sorry. I just saw Anaheim Ducks goal differential, dude. It's minus 70. <laughs> She, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, that was originally a question from uh, from one Scroopy Noopers, actually, asking, um, the you know, fuck happened hey, there? Yeah, basically asking, like, what's wrong with the Ducks? Yes. I don't know. Everything. Yes. John Gibson's back is broken, so he can no longer carry the team. Yep. There you go. That's that's the only answer at this stage. Still it's, a 90 overall. Not for much longer <laughs> once I get done with the roster editing process. <laughs> Not for much longer. Um, so you have those four. There's the one team in the are they good enough category. That's Nashville. 
And again, much like the Eastern Conference teams, no, they're not good enough. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't see really a, a great situation in which Nashville has that roster to make a run. It's more so like, okay, they could make a run, but do you want to bet on it or play the Bedard sweepstakes? Again, I'd play the Bedard sweepstakes, which leaves two teams in the West that I think there's a real big conversation surrounding whether or not they should add to try to go for it or blow it up. Vancouver, who are seven points back of the second wildcard spot. We've talked about it all season long. Bo Horvat's deal is up. Brock Bester's name is out there. Thatcher Demko's out injured, and he wasn't playing well to start the season. And then there's JT Miller. The whole stick-tapping incident with Colin Delia, Delia, whatever, um, which, again, you know, Vancouver's down, and he skates behind his own net and is banging his stick on the top of the cage, telling Delia to go to the bench. Um. And then he had this really weird quote yesterday, essentially defending his drop in production because he's been playing defense, which isn't backed up analytically. <laughs> it's not even backed up by the eye test. Like, I, yeah. I I saw that tweet on the, the brief time that I was on Twitter for some reason. I can't remember why. And I'll probably retweet a sports gamer thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I saw that tweet and it blew my mind. I'm like, JT Miller is really saying that he's not producing because he's focusing on defense. If that's him focusing on defense, holy hell, because yep. he's awful. <laughs> yeah. So man's you know, gaslighting a fan base. <laughs> Basically, right? Like that extension doesn't even start until next year. And that entire fan base is rightfully so having a, a collective existential crisis over this one player and how much of a like I don't know I, I don't recall hearing too much about JT Miller but all of J. a sudden Tui Millerson <laughs> so it sounds like sudden, a droid it's just this thought of like is like how much of a locker room cancer is he and is he a guy that you want on your team for seven years after this one so I I don't know what to make of the JT Miller Vancouver situation at this point where you're talking about someone like him potentially being there, but Bo Horvat not. Um, yeah, if if I'm the Canucks, play the Bedard sweepstakes. Uh, try to move on from certain players if you can. Try to find a way to get JT Miller the hell out of there, apparently, because this is going downhill faster than like when Tortorella was head coach. Like that's the last time I've seen like the media and the fan base turn on someone, you know, a crucial part of the team. Um, I don't know how the Canucks keep doing this to themselves, man. It is. They keep making the, the 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 literal wrong decision every single time. They should have traded JT Miller. I don't know why they they decided to keep him, especially mm. when they knew Bo Horvat's com contract was coming up. Why they acquire of Lechman Larson? They traded three expiring contact. Con contracts which would have been great for them get the money off the books for one contract that's longer like that was the mm -hmm. literal opposite of what they needed to do i'm starting to feel bad as a boston bruins fan and that doesn't happen often yeah but i am starting <laughs> since like uh, 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 rethink <laughs> that opinion you should feel bad um <laughs> 
<sighs> Never get uh, to see another riot, unfortunately. <sighs> well, see, the riot's hilarious. Or, However, get figure We're black in the street, boy. <laughs> Boys. <laughs> Vancouver Canucks, oh, yeah. God. It's just the idea that the Boston Bruins ruined that franchise. And I, I, for the most part, liked Vancouver at the time. I wouldn't have been opposed to seeing the Sedins get a cup. There's a couple of people on that team that, yeah, it would have been, you know, eh, it would have been kind of shitty to see them win. I'm not I'm not upset for them. But you're right. Ever since then, and we've been calling this out now for four, five, six, ten, twelve years, just how screwed up the situation's been for that team since their loss in 2011 to the point where I, as a Bruins fan, am starting to feel bad. I won't trade you, though. But I'm starting to feel bad. <laughs> yeah, like that franchise just has been in turmoil for so long. Hmm. The other team in the West is the St. Louis Blues. Now, despite the fact that every Blues fan has been screaming as if the sky's falling, they're only five points out of the playoffs right now. However, Ryan O'Reilly is out with a broken foot. He won't be reevaluated for another six weeks. Surprise, surprise, Vladimir Tarasenko is hurt again, out with a hand injury for at least the next month. They are also without the likes of Tori Krug, Marco Scandella on defense. Um, again, it's, it's just kind of the common theme for all these teams, right? The question was like, oh, who on the outside do you think should make a push? None of them. Yeah. None of them. They're not set up at all to make any sort of just thing you could sure you could like acquire someone at the deadline and that could help you out but like at this point there's no real point for a lot of these teams this is going to be such a big draft that like anyone near like the bottom or someone even in the middle can just get a good player like it's gonna be that big of a draft this year you know whether or not you're a nashville uh, a st louis a vancouver if you go after the playoffs you're essentially wishful thinking it and mm-hmm. saying, well, the 20 and we said, it, I said it on this podcast. I still stand by it. Like, yeah, you can make the playoffs, you know, from being dead last in January to winning like the blues did. It is possible. Is that the bet that you want to take? Or do you want to take the gamble that could land you Connor Bedard? And which one's more likely in a lot of these instances? I, for most teams, I think, especially after seeing what Bedard has done at this World Junior Tournament, where his hype level was already high enough, and now it's through the goddamn roof, you play the lottery to try to get Connor Bedard. Yeah. You know, with with how strong, especially, some teams in the league have been this season. You know, if you look in the Eastern Conference, and you are Detroit, Buffalo, Ottawa, do you want to gamble to try and somehow be better than Carolina, Boston, Toronto, Tampa? Or do you want to gamble for Connor Bedard? The answer is pretty straightforward. In the West, if you are Nashville, Vancouver, St. Louis, do you want to gamble to be better than Dallas, than Vegas, uh, than Edmonton? Although, granted, Edmonton's in the second wildcard spot right now. Or do you want to get Bedard? 
try to get Bedard at least. If you're in the West, I think that gamble might be a little bit more worth it because I'm I don't know if I'm totally sold on the Western Conference right now. It just seems really weird. But even then, Connor Bedard, you you just have to go for it essentially. Yeah, this is going to be the biggest draft in a long long time. Like Connor Bedard could be like near McDavid level. Like he's looking there are people who are already scary. saying he is. And you know, hype level being what it is, it's it's almost tough to disagree with already. Yeah, like, I'll I'll have to you know I'll have to wait to see what he's able to do at the NHL level. Um, because you know McDavid's still McDavid, but wow, imagine if we had two fucking of those type of players in the league at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like it hasn't quite happened in that since Crosby and Ovechkin, and these right. guys might be a level above both of them, which is kind of nuts. I mean, Crosby, Ovechkin, I mean, granted, you know, the age was a little bit closer, but yeah, just that general idea of two generational, like truly generational talents at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I'm intrigued, but I'm all aboard the hype level because I want Connor Bedard to be as good as advertised. Me too. Yeah, it could only be a good thing for the for the sport in a general sense. And uh, I, hope, I hope he's in the Pacific because, God, imagine in the McDavid versus Bedard games. It, like, again, it would be like the Crosby and Ovechkin type level, like when they played against each other. Like, that's the only argument for the league to try to make, make them go to the Pacific. But they're like, oh, we don't like any of these fucking teams. <laughs> not that I'm saying the draft lawyers are rigged, but I'm also I mean, not imagine him that. on Anaheim. Connor Bedard, Trevor nope. Zegras, Mason nope. McTavish. Nope. Don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Anaheim Hardy has enough good prospects. They just need to stop being stupid and sucking Fair and enough. stop letting their young guys get injured. Poor, poor Dresdale, by the way. Yeah, that was pretty unfortunate. Yeah. So you mentioned Connor McDavid, and that will bring us into talking about, you know, kind of the award situation right now, as it always does towards the start of, uh, you know, a new month. And in terms of the Hart Trophy for MVP, the Ted Lindsay for Most Outstanding, yeah, it's still Connor McDavid. Yeah. How could it not be? 38 points, or excuse me, yeah, 38 points. Uh, he had 38 points in like 12 games. He has 72 points in 38 games played this season. <laughs> I want him to hit 150. I want it to happen. I don't know if it will because we know the game, it starts tightening up, you know, towards the playoffs. But at the same time, the Pacific sucks. Um, He's on pace to do it. I know. And that I really, really hope he does get 150 points. I mean, we were talking about this last year, too, were we not? Just the idea of like, oh, what if Connor does it? You know, can he hit this astronomical height? And he got close. Essentially, yeah, he, he very much could end up hitting 150 points. Uh, he is the first player to have a set of seasons, calendar years, back to back of at least 140 plus points since Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux. Did it in 8889. Hmm. I mean, we mention these all the time, but stats like this are insane. Yeah, maybe that's a more closer comparison to McDavid and Bedard is Gretzky and Lemieux. It could be, and that's the ridiculous yeah. thing. That's what I'm so excited to see. Like I'll I'll enjoy watching Bedard. Obviously, I'd love him to go to the Sharks. That would completely just light a fire under this franchise and you know it's something that the sharks have never had never had a first overall pick never really had a generational 
well, definitely never had a generation build of talent. The closest we got was with Jumbo, and again, we traded mm. for him. <laughs> Fair. McDavid um, has also entered the top 200 point scorers of all time. <laughs> He's 25. <laughs> Already? <laughs> He's Already. in the top 200 and he's 25 years old. Yep. Oh my yep. god. He he already passed um it's people were joking about it obviously. <sighs> um the disrespect cuz he he passed uh Pavel Dimitrov in terms of all-time points already. Jesus. And think about how absurd that is cuz Pavel Dimitrov was an amazing fucking hockey player. Yeah, he was. It's it's absurd. It is absolutely absurd to know that he is already in the top 200. Yeah. Um, number 199 right yeah, now. Yeah, I just looked. I just looked. With 769 career points in 525 games. Nice. He is one point behind Todd Bertuzzi, <laughs> who to date has played 634 more games. But he's already catching, like, Pavel Bure. He's 10 points behind Pavel Bure. And Pavel Bure, you know, only played 702 career games. But, like, literally, he is already at that level where you think about how legendary and celebrated Pavel Bure is, even though we know it didn't last in terms of longevity. He is already in that conversation. The conversation is yeah. literally already there as, as Connor McDavid, a Hall of Famer, if he retires tomorrow with the with the hardware he's won yeah. production. Yeah. And I think most people would say yes. And I don't think they'd be wrong. Yes. I had a discussion on Twitter with, with after John Scott said a fucking thing on his podcast, how he wouldn't <laughs> if he was building a playoff team, he wouldn't take McDavid. And it was the mm. stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. And like someone's there defending it. Like I'm like, he's like, yeah, but he's not the most complete player. I'm like. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, he is an unreal skill that we have not seen since Wayne Gretzky and Mary Lemieux. Like, you can you get know, other guys to be complete I, players. I don't know how someone takes that stance right now. Like, I get the idea of like, yeah, you need a Kopitar, a Taves, a Bergeron to win. It's the old school mentality. Yeah, but we literally just saw Nathan McKinnon. Win a Stanley Cup. Oh, that was the argument that he's a more complete player. I'm like, it's pretty close. Like, he's not known for his great defense, and Connor McDavid has improved two way quite a bit. But yeah, it's it it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> yeah. And again, who who was behind? Who was behind McKinnon? Nazem Kadri. Like, mm. he is the much more complete player than Nathan McKinnon. Is he better than Nathan McKinnon? No. Would you take him right. over Nathan McKinnon? No. Like it's it's nuts, but yeah, yeah, and and honestly, Connor McDavid has fifty-seven career playoff points, and I think thirty-four career playoff games. Mm. You have to score in the playoffs. Still, there's right. your fucking ticket. Like, I yeah, I I don't understand the people's logic who wouldn't take the best player in the world. Um, I would like to rely on my goalie, a la Mike Smith. In in 2012 with the Coyotes, who almost got them to a cup final. Yeah. That's what I'd like to rely on. Give me a team built around Mike Smith and some strong grit. Oh, wait, the Oilers tried that. It didn't work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so shout out to, uh, to Connor McDavid. He needs all the uh, hype and attention that he can get. Clearly. The Norris Trophy. Eric Carlson's still the favorite. 
Yeah. He's so fucking Easily. crazy good right now. I don't understand it. Like, I have started to watch a few more Sharks games just to, just to watch Eric Carlson because this resurgence by him is, is special. It's so special. And it sucks that he's doing it in this situation with the Sharks. Like, I would like, what if, what if a couple of years ago, you know, that's my mm. biggest question when we first acquired him. Now, points aren't everything, obviously. Uh, but when talking about the Norris Trophy, defenders who put up a lot of points are often the ones that are favorited. Uh, he, right now, <laughs> second place in terms of points, and this guy hasn't gotten enough credit this year, is Winnipeg's Josh Morrissey. 42 points in 37 games this year. Eric Carlson has 53 in 39. So Jeez. 11 more points and only two more games played. On the Sharks, the Jets are at least in the freaking playoff conversation, you know? Mm -hmm. It's astonishing and easily one of the stories of the season yeah, is what Eric Carlson has done. It's unfortunate that it's happening in a time of the Sharks history where they're just really bad. And I do feel bad for Eric because he came here to win. And the Sharks, unfortunately, made like one or two bad calls that completely shifted that trajectory as well as Carlson not being, you know, a hundred percent those those years when he's battling it, existing injuries trying to learn how to adjust his game to you know figure out how he can do what he used to do on that surgically repaired ankle but all the lingering injuries that he had groin injuries hand injuries like mm. he just couldn't you know couldn't couldn't stay healthy and now he is so, and look at him look at him go and look at him go from disrespectful billboards to putting the team on his back I still yeah fuck that flying company by the way i'm gonna find him and <laughs> that was fucking ridiculous <laughs> um Vezina trophy right now the top three and i don't know if we would have guessed the number one in my opinion this um, record is stupid by the way <laughs> just, uh -huh. Jesus Christ. yeah so in reverse order here for highest save percentage now among starters there is another goalie on carolina who i'm going to mention for the rookies Ilya sorokin Two nine, or excuse me, a uh, yeah, two point three goals against average in a nine twenty six save percentage. Great numbers for the Islanders. Connor Hellebuck for the Jets, a two thirty two goals against average in a nine twenty eight save percentage. Boston's Linus Allmark, twenty one one and one on the season, <laughs> with a nine thirty nine save percentage and a one eight six goals against average. It's cracked, my guy. Holy crap. That's like Jonathan Quick level cup win stats in the playoffs. For Linus Allmark. And that might be where the detractors kick in of like, hey, we saw him on Buffalo and well, clearly this is just him on a better team. I don't think you can take that away from him. The idea that, He's oh, he was goalie. bad on Buffalo. No shit. Most goalies everyone, would be. Everyone was bad on Buffalo. Look at Robin <laughs> Leonard. Robin Leonard was terrible on Buffalo. Like if you Fair went point. to a shootout with Robin Leonard on the on the Sabers, it was like it was a free win. It was essentially mm. a free win. It was ridiculous. It wasn't until he went and go played somewhere else and became a name for himself. Like goalies don't play well in Toronto and Buffalo, fittingly enough. Well, now that's changed, but like seriously, goalies yeah, never play well there. Goalies Craig never play well there. Top five in save percentage right now for the yeah. Sabers. Yeah, it's probably you know, it's fifty shots a game, so. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm average. You're probably going to stop a lot of them. <laughs> I'm happy for Craigie, though, dude, with what he's been yeah. through in his like, personal life, family and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like yeah. the fact that he's 42 and has a top five. Do you say top five or top 10? Top five. 
Oh my god, a top five save percentage at age forty-two. Yeah, Dumb. nuts, absolutely nuts. Um, but yeah, Linus Allmark has been amazing, and like, look, the Bruins in general have been amazing. Like, it's ridiculous to see just how good they've been. Nobody expected them to be this good. The whole last hurrah, bring Krejci back. Here's Jim Montgomery, and how's that going to go? It has been a dream season so far. I don't think you can take anything away from Allmark just because the team in front of him is great. You also have to be great, and he has been the best goalie in the NHL so far this season. Yeah, like you still have to be a good goaltender. Like the think of all the years of like great teams who maybe had a subpar goaltender like at times. Mm. Toronto. <laughs> yeah. Though to be fair, hey. in the beginning, Freddie Anderson was stealing them games. Colorado this this playoff season, this past the, playoff. To be real, the disrespect to Ben Scrivens. I won't stand for it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Ben Scrivesna. Uh, the top rookie, the Calder Trophy, because, again, I don't think there's too much of a debate there for a lot of these awards. Right now, it comes down, in my opinion, to two of these players. Uh, Matty Beniers has been the front runner uh, in terms of point getters for rookies. He has 25 points in 35 games for Seattle. Second place in terms of scoring is Maselli on the Coyotes, uh, but he's currently injured. He had 22 points in 30 games. You had a couple of the guys who were at 20. I think Mason McTavish is one of them. And then there's the one guy who I think might steal this away from Matty Beniers right now. And it's not Edmonton Stewart Skinner, although he's been okay. And it's no longer Vegas's Logan Thompson. Here it is. It's Peter Chetkoff of Coochie. the Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> won the December Rookie of the Month. Carolina's won like 11 or 12 games in a row. He went... And has at this point in the season, he's 10 1 and 4 with a 928 save percentage and a 194 goals against average. Again, you could say, well, he's on Carolina, good defensive team. But you can't, I don't think you could take that away from too many people. Like, you still, still have solid. to stop the fucking puck. Yeah, he's still a solid goaltender. And we've seen great teams have goaltenders who have dragged them down. He is not doing that. Like, you can really only judge a goalie for just, in my opinion, yeah, it's, it's a factor. But an example I'll always have is once Carey Price's game was starting to slip, number one goalar, once his game was starting to slip, it was always like, oh, it's the defense. And my example was in one of those same seasons, Auntie Ranta had a 930 save percentage on a shit Coyotes team. Like, yes, you can factor it into the conversation, but it's not the entire conversation. Like, oh, how bad someone's team is. Uh, Kachekov's been fucking amazing. They've already re-signed him to an extension uh, over a month ago at this point, which is looking like one hell of a wise decision. On November Mm -hmm. 23rd, they re-signed him to a deal starting next year, four years at $2 million. $2 million. That's Holy a steal. Holy fuck. Uh, that so, is a steal. 100%. Boston's got to win the cup this year, and Carolina uh-huh. sh- needs to get one within the next couple while he's on yes. that deal. Yes. Carolina's been in that conversation, as yeah. uh, Steve Dangle will attest to with his preview videos. They've been in that conversation of like, this is the year for like four years now. Mm-hmm. If Carolina does not win a cup in the next couple of years, they will go down as one of the biggest missed opportunity teams in the history of the NHL. Yeah. 
especially given that they added Brent Burns this year. And, oh, yeah, there's some guy named Max Pacioretty who's going to be making his season debut sometime this month. I forgot about him. And they're as good as they are in first place in their division without him. Mm -hmm. They have to. They absolutely have to. They are way, way too promising to fall short uh, beyond this. They're also dealing with Freddie. I mean, hell, Freddie Anderson getting hurt and only playing eight games this year opened up the window uh, for Kachekov to do what he's doing. So all is looking great for Carolina right now. And uh, I think, yeah, you look at Beneers and uh, Carolina's goaltender there as the two favorites. Then the final two that we have here, the Jack Adams for top coach and the Jim Gregory Award for top GM. This is often so tied to like the top of the standings. Top coach, Jim Montgomery in Boston. 100%. 100%. They're the best team in the NHL. Brindamore in Carolina should always be up there. Sheldon <clears throat> Keefe in Toronto. They are a top five team right now. Peter DeBoer, first year in Dallas. So yeah, it's always the first year. Maybe Dallas you, and Boston finals. Book it. You <laughs> With DeBoer losing. <laughs> all it. Because it always happens. Oh, oh my god. I, I think um, without a doubt it has to be Boston's. Oh sorry, you weren't even done with the list. <laughs> no, uh, I was going to mention Bruce Cassidy in Vegas and then Lindy Ruff in New Jersey. Montgomery. Yeah. Remember like uh, there's so many questions about Boston at the beginning of the season. Yeah, you got Krejci, you got Bergeron back. How much of an impact are they going to make? Um quite an impact and again, for me, I've I've watched some Boston games. They their system this year is ridiculous. They've, mm-hmm. they've completely changed the way that they play hockey while still keeping all of the uh, dynamics and intangibles and whatever else that they have because they have those players still like mm-hmm. they they designed a system to create more offense while still being good defensively. And obviously they have the players. They're still going to be in your face. They're still going to be Boston Bruins. That's just always what the, the Bruins are. And Steve Dangle had a great quote about this is like, when Boston trades for a guy, he's a Boston Bruin. When they draft a guy, they draft a Boston Bruin. Like, and goddamn, this coach is—he's incredible. Like, their their offense is ridiculous. Like, they're cycling the way they go into an umbrella and five on five because fuck you, and they they right. create offense from it. Like, oh, they're, they're a pleasure to watch, and I'm I'm jealous of that Doogie. It's it's just been so unexpected to be honest like yeah, really it and has that's been why i think the, he's got to be the guy yeah just the idea of how good this has gone and it just sets the oh my god it just sets the expectations so damn high uh to have to perform in the playoffs as it should be though that that was the expectation this year is essentially one more run so uh for gm of the year i refuse to put don sweeney up there for one move in particular sorry you're disqualified <laughs> so what's Dom Waddell in Carolina? Uh, I mean, fuck, bring him Hard Burns, yes. bring him Patch ready for and now the extension dirt cheap yeah. for both. Yeah, Kyle Dubas, while he has kind of dug his own hole with certain contracts, he has done a good job of getting people in for cheap in in roles. I wouldn't put him as the number one guy, certainly, uh, but he's in the conversation. And then my winner, if it's not Dom Waddell. And I said this on Twitter the other day. It's Jim Nil of the Dallas Stars because there has been another move made by the Stars that I cannot fucking believe they have gotten away with. 
Like all, all of last year, it's like, what the hell are they going to do? And it's literally the Jesse Pinkman meme of he can't keep getting away with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yet somehow he does. Jim Nill just re-signed Joe Pavelski to a one-year deal next year at $3.5 million. <laughs> Which oh. is... Wow. Good for Pavs, man. You know, he got his bag. He got the extra year that he wanted on the seven. And now he uh-huh. wants to win. And so he's going to come back uh, with no state tax and a nice 3.5 mil. Yeah, he's that's such a so, sick contract. Joe Pavelski last year in San Jose, his last year as in not last year. But yeah, his last yeah, year yeah. in San Jose uh, was 18, 19. He had 64 points in 75 games with 38 goals. His first year in Dallas, he only had 31 points in 67 games. And it's like, oh, shit, maybe San Jose made the right call. His last three years as a star, 51 points in 56 games, 81 points in 82 games, and now he has 37 and 38 this season. 3.5 million. Hey, man, at least we kept Evander Kane. Oh. Uh, <laughs> this after re-signing Rupe Hints to an eight-year deal at eight and a half million starting next year, after signing Jason Robertson to a four-year deal at under eight million. I can't believe that. Still. Holy fuck! The fact and that Ottinger three years four million. Yeah. Jim so, Mill Cups has got to be Boston this year. Dallas next year and then Carolina. Yeah. That's what I want to see. That's Dallas should go. win a cup in the, the 2020s. They should. So should Carolina. So should Edmonton. So should I want Pavs to have it. I agree. It would be so nice to be see Joe you have that. Captain um, America, baby. <laughs> Jim Nil. GM of the year. Holy fuck. Yeah. I, I gave him the nod for the best one in the last 10 years, too. Um, that we had that conversation in one of the last episodes. And he's really good. Again, just keep the owner's mouth shut and let Jim know work his magic. (laughs) Pretty much. Um, Yeah. So, hey, I'm intrigued to see what we think in February. But for the most part, these have stayed very similar uh, throughout the season so far, particularly, of course, Connor McDavid being the guy. Only other things I want to talk about here to wind uh, to wind down the show. Uh, I'll talk about Detroit first. Uh, Endo Mills had his best Christmas gift of all uh, when Jake Wallman hit the gritty <laughs> after scoring an overtime winner. Oh my god! Everyone was the amount of fucking old, fucking old, fucking white men. I was sick. It's probably what it was. Being like, ah, yes. the gritty's in the game. Yeah, they did the gritty. It's winning it. All these kids with the gritty and the Michigans and the flying machines and like all that stuff. Like, and just, the just pops. <laughs> the future sorry. is now, old man. Like, let <laughs> let people have a little personality. I'm sorry they don't have a suit while they're on the ice. Being all like, you know, well, I just gotta get pucks in deep, and uh, you know, we gotta pass the puck around, and like, I get it. Hockey is becoming quote unquote less, uh, like more selfish, or what people can say. Like, let people have a little bit of personality. Like, let's be real. Come on. <laughs> They're flying machines. Ah, the old shitty folk in their flying machines. Amazing. Uh, and also for Detroit, the big news of the day, 
Jakob Verana has been placed on waivers. Now, this is a player who was doing very, very well, and then not all that long ago entered uh, the player assistance program. He has been back in the AHL on a conditioning stint. Um, played three games there. Uh, Got to be honest. I mean, just looking at the stat line, no points, minus five. So for the Red Wings, putting him on waivers pretty much comes down to the thought of, like, you are not ready to play in the NHL. Like, you need a little bit more time to kind of get things going here. Yeah. He is on a deal uh, worth five and a quarter for this year and next. Player of his caliber shouldn't be on waivers, but I think it's a special, you know, exception to that rule. I think he clears. I don't really see what team... And people are wondering, like, if they have an agreement with all the other GMs because of his circumstances being in the assistance program, which I don't yeah. think is, is the case. Like, the idea that all 31 other GMs like, yeah, we'll just let him go through uh, the kindness of our hearts. Maybe, maybe people are that way, and that would be great if they were. Um, but in a general sense, I, you know, I do think he will clear waivers just because that is a whole lot of money to pick up for someone who has played five hockey games since the conclusion of last season. You know? So I, I'd like to think he's going to clear waivers and, and stick around with Detroit and get called back up. Uh, maybe we see something crazy, though. But the NHL isn't often a place where we see kind of crazy transactions happen. But at the very least, he's back. He's healthy and playing hockey, which is good. Uh, only other thing, then is uh the winter classic sin how'd you like the game it's terrific <laughs> really good hockey was played and both of the yellow and black teams did did good hockey <laughs> a game played in boston at Bumblebee. fenway park owned by john henry um who also owns the pittsburgh penguins yeah this his dream come true <laughs> jesus i wonder how much money he that's all he has he's like hell yeah my money, baby. He That's... made money. He also got booed viciously. Um, yeah. Because he's letting the Red Sox fall apart. And yeah, it's a good time. Ooh. Good time. Um, so I didn't go to this game and severe, severe FOMO. Wait, I thought you were going. Weren't you trying to go at one point? Yes. So what had happened was uh, I got engaged in August. Ooh. And Essentially, it came down to I was able to do two of three things. Set money aside for the wedding. Have my fiance come with me to Finland next month. Or the Winter Classic. I could have done all three. It would have been a bit a bit of a hit. Yeah. So you I elected to do two out of three and the Winter Classic was the one that fell because if you did not get tickets at the start. You were fucked. <laughs> yeah. Because we're talking a baseball field. Yeah. The worst seats in the house were 400 bucks just before Ugh. Christmas. And the resale market didn't dip. A couple days before the game, ticket prices were up to seven, 800 bucks for those same seats. Jesus. Yeah. And as much as I wanted to show no shame and just be like, hi, professional friends who are going to be there that I'm not going to name right now. Uh, can you get me the hookup 
I didn't want to do that. Like I, I'm just I'm not that type to just be like, uh, help me, help me get to help me get to this thing, please help me get to this event. I just didn't want to do it. So I would have loved to have gone just to and again. You go for the experience of it, right? Yeah. You go to that. You you can't see a fucking thing. No, the stadium series was pretty whack when I went to to see the Sharks and the Kings. Like it wasn't hockey, but it was I guess cool. I say I can. And do that's that. all I've heard. I have friends from Pittsburgh who have gone to like the Heinz Field game and stuff like yeah. that for the Penguins. You can't see a fucking thing. You are there for the atmosphere. And would I have paid two hundred dollars for two people? You know, uh, four hundred dollars in total uh, for the atmosphere. Yes. By the time other things were sorted, there was just I, I just I couldn't justify four hundred dollars a person to be outside for yeah. three hours just to hear loud noises. And it's cold you know? as fuk, I bet too. No, it was like fifty degrees yesterday. That's cold. We've <laughs> California. <laughs> Fucking California, Jesus. Yeah. Normally yeah. below freezing here at best, and uh, we've been getting know. a shit ton of rain, man. So it's been dipping in like the forties. Even at night, it sometimes gets to freezing here, so we get some frost in the morning. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, how nice! Fucking, how nice for you. We're spending our rain budget all this year. Apparently, we're gonna have another drought for the next decade. Enjoy. God, ridiculous. So the Winter Classic itself, though, uh, do want to say uh, for the Penguins, uh, Crystal Tang missed the game due to the passing of his father, which. What a yeah. fucking horrible couple of months for Crystal Tang now. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Um, so best wishes to him and his family. The game itself, um, you know, Sin, you were the you mentioned it earlier, the idea of like, has the Winter Classic lost its luster? And yeah, you're not the only one who's like, oh, yeah, the Winter Classics today. And in a general sense, during the game, a lot of the commentary, while it was a pretty good presentation, is it's just like, oh, OK, it's the Winter Classic. It, it certainly, and you know, I mean, it's been, what, 15 years since the Penguin Sabres first one? Like, it's bound to lose its luster. And there's been stadium series and heritage classics. And, yeah. You know, yeah, they, they have, you know, driven this golden goose into, the, into a grave, essentially. But it is a concept that's a license to print money. Yeah. <clears throat> so. But uh, I enjoyed the game. The Bruins won two to one. Jake DeBrusque, two goals in the third period to win it. Um, very, very happy for Jake DeBrusque. You know, we mentioned earlier the idea of players requesting trades and then it doesn't happen and they can stick around and good things can happen. That is Jake DeBrusque, where this has been, you know, as as good of a situation as it possibly could have been for him to stick around with the team after clearly he and Bruce Cassidy didn't get along. And, you know, this season... Uh, he has 30 points in 36 games, which he is very much on pace to have a career high. You know, for Jake DeBrusque, I mean, unfortunately, his career high is 43 points in his rookie year. Um, I think he's a player of a better caliber than that. And yeah, I mean, he's on his pace to hit over 60 this year. If he hits 50, I'll be pretty happy with that. So all in all, I, I hate that I missed out on the experience. The game was entertaining to watch, though, from the comfort of my couch. I am jealous of uh, all the friendos who were able to go. That said, 2024, they announced the next Winter Classic, which will be held in Seattle as the Kraken will take on the Vegas Golden Knights. Definitely the most logical matchup, you know. Not Sin, would you believe me if I said the Internet's big mad? Of, yeah. 
Um, yeah. They should be. They have all the reason to be. And number one, fuck Vegas. Number two, have Seattle play Vancouver. Like, that's that was supposed to be the rivalry. Put them in a winter classic together. That's the whole point. Yeah. yeah it's mid. They got to keep they got to keep stroking Vegas's dick. I'm okay with this being the winter classic matchup. I do love the they don't even have winners in Vegas. (laughs) That's why it's been held in Seattle. Oh, my God. (laughs) I love how mad some people have gotten over it. It's like, give us new teams in the winter classic. No, not those teams. Like, I get it. Yeah, I, I was sick of seeing the same old and everyone's like, oh, it's got to be original six. And it's like cool new teams. But, I, I, you know, I just like the chirp Vegas anytime. Any chance I can get. Here's an opportunity. Fuck them. But, yeah, it's kind of weird why you don't have Seattle and Vancouver. That doesn't make sense. But I like Seattle. You know, cool. Bring it to the West. Yeah. yeah. And it makes sense. We're trying to grow the game more in Seattle. It's the NHL doing, you know, the smart thing for their newest investment. It's a very, very logical choice. Like, one can argue, um, you know, what they could have done, should have done in terms of what other teams could have had a Winter Classic now, one of the Florida teams, whatever. Uh, I I don't view this as an issue whatsoever. I think it'll be pretty damn cool. And, yeah, people like to complain. We know this, and that's okay. Let people complain, and it's not going to change anything. I still think it'll be... An entertaining winter classic to watch. And yeah, this was a good opportunity to be able to essentially dunk on people, which is always a fun time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I already know that Seattle's going to go with uh, the millionaires or sockeyes design for their winter classic jersey. And mm. then Vegas is going to go with either the, oh God, the Wranglers man. or the Outlaws. Either either that one. I totally forgot they're going to have some obnoxious jersey creation. Green and red. Uh, for the sock eyes and have brown pants. There you go. You're done. Perfect. And for I Vegas, mean, go fuck yourself. That's it. Yeah, that's exactly what we need, though, is more jerseys for sale. Let's keep making the money. First, you get the power. Then you get the money. Then you get the wow. <laughs> okay. That oh, is man. indeed how it happens. Okay, back on target with the uh, the Winter Classic. Uh, I'm not sure if we talked about it yet, but Tristan Jari uh, got injured. Mm. And in his place was, uh, who was the other guy? I can't remember. Uh, Casey the Smith. Smith. Casey the Smith goes in that. And then, so every team knows the, the whole e-bug situation where you have to have a basic guy to fill in and all that stuff like that. So they had someone fill in for an e-bug. And... Yes. First, it was, oh, this guy. Oh, what is who is he? Oh, he's Sidney Crosby's friend. People scream mm. nepotism. And they said that he was like a landscaper or whatever. And then the story broke out that he was a youth goaltending instructor who just happened to be friends with Sidney Crosby and has been their team's e-bug for like the past like at least two, three years. Mm. And everyone's screaming like, oh, it's just a nepotism hire because you were friends like whatever. It's like, yeah, that'd be pretty fucking sick. You kidding me? <laughs> You know, awesome would be to be just a just to sit in the stands and just be able to go to the game for free because you're, just your buddies to be Sidney Crosby's friend. Yeah, yeah. that'd be pretty rad. That'd be pretty cool. Didn't the man just get like the Order of Canada or some shit? He, he got nominated. Saying? He got nominated for the Order of Canada. The hell's the there Order of Canada? So it's basically the highest level of civilian uh, regard. Uh, so, so it's, it's like, like knighting, but not as cool. 
Yeah. Because mm. you guys are still British light. <laughs> still have the queen on your money, by the way. <laughs> that that pisses off Quebec, too. I bet every time they have Brit to look light. at the queen on the money. It's time to end the show. Instead <laughs> of knighting, uh, Mr. Justin Trudeau uh, hands you a black marker. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> hold on you missed a spawn let me help you with that one right there Just <laughs> uh, everybody uh. it was great to be back we thank you for listening and watching supporting the Tookie's take podcast we will see you all later on this week gentlemen it was a good one endo what do you have going on uh, aside from doing uh, sports gamer stuff with the ECL Pro, which is, I think that's going to be more consistent, who knows, whenever. Uh, but uh, fingers crossed on that regard. Uh, I just stream. I just play whatever the hell I want now um, on twitch.tv slash endomills. I also have merch. Again, I keep shilling the merch, but I keep forgetting to actually show stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm going to have a giveaway at the end of the month for some sweaters and some shirts and all that fun stuff over at endomills.ca. Yeah, that's right. I got a website with my name, yeah. .ca, because .com was like 80 bucks. And I'm like, yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is Canada. Amazing. Sin, what are you going on in the new year, friend? <sighs> yeah. Catching up on sleep. What do I have going on? Yeah, what do <laughs> I have going on? That's a good question. Not a whole lot, man. I, no? I totally thought I had something to say, but I don't know. It's okay. Sometimes you just don't have anything to say. No. That's okay. Especially for a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We'll see you later on this week, everybody. Thank you for listening, watching, supporting. And uh, never forget that George Washington was four foot two. (laughs) 